Good morning. Wanna, um, I want to make you guys aware, I meant to have these out last week, but we have new cards that are in the back. I, I just make these small because they're easy to carry around. Uh, but these cards, that, and we have thousands of them, so I encourage everybody to take one, have a map to um, the ministry where we're working with the homeless on Saturdays on the back. Uh, the website, all the information that you would you would need is on these cards. We also have a, a link on our website right now, but we just moved that ministry over the winter uh, to a shelter, and so you'll need to pick up one of these cards so you'll have a map and information. One o'clock to four o'clock, typically on Saturdays, is, is uh, when we're meeting there. Uh, it was so cool a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not sure if he's here today, but uh, uh, Skyler had been coming, and, and Skyler's story is just incredible. He's been sober for a year now, and um, he came, uh, he was coming to church, but he, he came from a place of, of, of darkness, and I, I just remember it so vividly when I first met him, and now he's leading worship down at the park, and we've we've had... Um, over the summer, we had all close to about 150 people coming and listening to those testimonies and that kind of worship. And so it's been really powerful. And I've gotten to see so many of you getting engaged in that. And it's been so rewarding. It's, it's incredible. It's beautiful to see um, what God is doing uh, there. And so I really want to encourage you, come visit, uh, come be a part of that, and pick up one of these cards uh, on your way out today. I don't know how many of you um, are, are newspaper readers. I know that the, I'm not, okay? Today was the first time I have read a newspaper since I was in my teens, I think. Uh, I don't read newspapers. But one of the greatest things about um, Sunday mornings when I was a kid, and I don't know where you grew up if it was like this, but one of the greatest things is you got this massive newspaper, like this huge newspaper. All the other days, you got the little black and white papers. But on Sunday, you got this huge, massive, we got the Austin American Statesman. And you dig through and you look for, you know, your stuff. And we're all different. Some of you are the stocks people, the sports people, the comics people, and the entertainment people. We all go for our different sections. For me, it was B.C. The B.C. comic was everything to me. I will tear apart the whole newspaper because I just have to read what BC has to say, Doonesbury has to say, and Calvin and Hobbes. Those were the big three. You got, you get that, and and you had to dig. You remember that the comic section? They, you had to know origami to even get to it because they wrapped it up in all the ads, you know. And you get to your section and you would read it, man, and you're just like, man, this is. That's what you were after, man. And, and I, I cherish those memories because Sunday morning, I was so excited about that and getting the paper. When I got older, I got mature and I got to the sports section. I never got past that, okay? But um, I picked up the New York Times this morning um, and it kind of relates to what I was going to be talking about today. I was going to be talking about headlines and, and what our headlines are. And I just went to Starbucks and I just read through um, most of the most of the you know front page articles. And I just want to show you what I, I what I found today. So this is today's New York Times, Sunday, November eighteenth, two thousand eighteen. And this is so crazy. Okay, this is front page news today in the New York Times: harassment, humiliation, and terror. Working in prison while being a female. Top Democrats voice distrust of the tech giants. An election grid rife with flaws shows them all. Uh, mystery of lost Argentine sub ends a year later, deep at sea, um, 44 dead. Paradise burns. Another California town recalls its fiery past. So the front page of the New York Times, 
Harassment, humiliation, terror, distrust, skepticism, death, and fire. Those are the headlines. Okay? That's it. I'm like, man, I know they're the headlines, but wow, cheer up. And, and, and I don't, please don't be offended by that. I'm not trying to, these are important things, but I'm going to keep going. Wait, hold on. That's, that's that section. Let's go to sports. <laughs> the headlines in sports. Isaiah Renfro speaks out about depression, depression growing in athletes. That's the sports section. Okay, let's, let's move on. I can't do this. Arts and leisure. The curse of the never-ending story. Um, how today, and I kind of agreed with this, how, how nobody likes, it's about how nobody likes endings to their stories anymore. When you watch stories, uh, everybody likes the sequels. It just has to keep going. And you like these shows that over decades and decades and decades, there is no resolution, right? And people are more drawn to that. It says this, movies do not begin and end so much as they loiter on screen. And social media is built for infinite scrolling. And it's talking about the culture today and how awful this never-ending story culture is. That's arts and leisure. And I'm like, I can't find a positive article on a front page at all. Okay, there is no positivity. Uh, let's go to business. Scandal and fortune in China's hospitals. Okay. I was doing this, and I, I, you got to feel this. This is what's so crazy to me. In the very center of all of it, I got up this morning to do this on purpose, and you're going to see why in a minute, talking about headlines. I did this on purpose to prepare for this sermon, which is on Lamentations. Do you know what the centerfold is? I hope this does to you what it did to me. The center of the entire New York Times today, book review. Lamentations. (laughs) I was sitting in Starbucks like... Everybody's looking at me and I'm like freaking out going, God, this is crazy. And this is, and I'm, I'm about to talk about lamentations. But the reason I want to do that is because I was thinking, what, what makes a headline? Uh, you know, why are they so negative? You know, and I look at today's headlines and I'm like, are you serious? And I know that when I was growing up, at least by my memory, is at least the news stations had the same headlines with different spins on them. Today, the different news stations have totally different headlines. Have you noticed that? I mean, forget that. We're just going to go different directions. We have different headlines. We're going to draw your attention different different ways, right? But so much negativity, and we were talking about it in class this morning, just how dark the world feels, how sick the world feels. Lamentations. Lamentations was written during the very darkest time in Israel's history. In fact, it's, it's um, the book that is read on the holiday called Tishbaav. It is the day which is marks the saddest day in Jewish history, where the temple was destroyed in 586 BC and destroyed again on the exact same day in 70 AD. And so, it's known as the darkest day in Jewish history. And this book, Lamentations, is 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 read aloud on that day. And it's a book about when Jeremiah went to, to Jerusalem and he begged, he begged his brothers and sisters, he begged the Jews, I need you to repent, I need you to come back to God. And it's just this failure of a ministry, it feels like. And he's not accomplishing anything, and it's just this dark book reading through Jeremiah. And Lamentations is the story as all of the captives are led away to Babylon. 
Jeremiah is released and he walks back home and he comes home to a city that is ruined and devastated. And, and the original title of the book of Lamentations is Ika How. How? How is this possible? How could this have happened? And, and, and this is the dark book of Lamentations. And every verse, it goes through the Hebrew alphabet seven times. From um, beginning to end, seven times it's an acrostic. And each line is dark through the entire book. Except for the middle chapter. And the middle verse of the middle chapter, on purpose does something incredibly different in the book of Lamentations. In the middle of it, he says this, You've broken my teeth with gravel. I'm looking out and I see devastation. I'm standing in the midst of darkness. But the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. This is still my headline. This is still my front page. No matter what else is happening, this is what's going on. That's how headlines work is you put the most important things, right, on the front page. The most important things to you or maybe you feel like to your reader, this is what goes on the front page. And my prayer is I was thinking about that with our church and with my life in general. What is our front page? There's a lot of issues that we face as a church. There's a lot of dark things that we've gone through. There are. There are, there are a lot of conflicts that we've gone through sometimes. There's a lot of stuff. But what is our front page? We sometimes talk about things, you know, sometimes as a preacher, I'm in the stocks when you're like, man, would you get in sports? All right? We talk about things, different things interest us. Some of us are history buffs when it comes to God. Some of us are more poetic. Some of us, are, we are different people. And somehow God, just to, to really strain the analogy, somehow God had the wisdom to take the comics people and the sports people and the stocks people and bind them up in one bumble, bundle and to call for unity in us because we are different people. But we share a headline. We share one major headline. God became flesh and dwelt among us and showed us his presence uh, that's what Kerry talked about in his communion comments. We are present with the Lord. Front page news, right? Um, he was crucified, demonstrating his absolute love and forgiveness. Front page news. And he was raised to show his power and our promise and our hope. This is our front page. And as a church, no matter what's happening, this is front page news. This is everything to me. And I think about my life with everything that's going on. And I'm like a lot of you, man. There is negativity in my life. There's darkness that I that I've got, I go through, things I struggle with. And what I tend to do is do what newspapers do. Today's front page news is gradually pushed to the back. It's relegated to a different section. And, and all of a sudden, the front page news becomes all the the drama and the crisis and the darkness and all of this stuff. And I think it's important for us, and I'm thinking about this at Thanksgiving, I think about this time of year that we keep front page news on the front page. I praise God for every breath I'm given. Those were the words of Miss Lucille Paul this week. I went to go visit her this week, and several of you have gone to go see her. Lucille Paul um, does not have very long to live at all. 
Um, she thought she was gone just a couple of weeks ago, and she loves having visitors. She loves you coming out. You will be blessed by visiting her. But I went and sat with her, and she's got tubes, everything else. And I said, Mr. Lucille, what's something you're thankful for? And she interrupted me. She really did. She interrupted me, and she goes, every breath, every breath I breathe, every day that I'm given. And I, and I said, I, I've spent enough time with her now that I was kind of direct with her. I said, Why? I mean, there's tubes, everything else. You're living in a place that's not your home. All your life, you've, and now you're here, and, you've got, and you don't know when God's going to take you. And she said, every breath I breathe, every moment that I have a thought that I can celebrate God with is a thought to be thankful for. Man, it's just like, in the midst of all this darkness, in the midst of all this stuff, it's that whole Lamentations idea that I'm going to stand in the middle of the darkest, most lonely place there is, and I'm going to lift up God and say, He's still good. That is the spirit of Lamentations. Do you know who else said it? And this is what's so crazy. Um, Jeremiah says it, and Asaph say, say this. This is what they, they, these two have in common. Now, guess what? Both of these men are priests. Both of them are of the tribe of Levi. So before you look at these verses, I want to take you back to an instruction God gave to the Levites. This is what it says in Joshua and Numbers. The Levites, however, do not get a portion among you because the priestly service of the Lord is their portion. Numbers, the Lord said to Aaron, you will have no inheritance in their land, nor will you have any share among them. I am your share and and your inheritance among the Israelites. God told the Levites, Judah, this is your section. This is your tract. This is your inheritance. This is your portion. Judah, Reuben, Gad, Asher, each one of you, I want to send to your look, your place into the Levites. All of this you've been through 40 years of wandering in the desert. Now we cross over and you watch all of your brothers inherit the land and you will have no inheritance among them because the Lord is your portion. The Lord is your portion and you will do the work of the Lord and this is your inheritance. And there's so much depth to what's happening there. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it's Jeremiah and Asaph that say, the Lord is my portion. This is what my inheritance is. This is what I've been given that. And I love especially the context of Psalm 73 because he begins the psalm with these words. As for me, my feet had almost slipped. Man, I about fell. I about messed up. Why, Asaph? Because I envied the arrogant. And he goes on, and the wealthy and the rich I looked out at this world and I saw, man, they live in evil. They live in corruption. And yet they, they have been given plenty and I'm in want. And I started to slip because I started to envy them. And that's the context where he says this. But when I started to speak this way, verse 15. If I speak that way, I will have betrayed your children. Man, that verse, and it's one of those verses that I haven't spent enough time with to say, what are you saying right there? He's saying this. I've been given, I believe he's saying this. I've been given a priestly service to cause you to lift your eyes up to something eternal and something beautiful and something rich. 
And, and even in my own heart, I turned my eyes away from that and I looked at the world and all of this stuff and I started to slip. But if I speak that way, I will have betrayed your children as a priest. Man, that's, these are powerful words. And he goes on and he says, when I tried to understand all of this, it was oppressive to me until I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. And he implies this, and I understood my own. And that's the context where he says in verse 25, Whom have I in heaven but you? The earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. The reason this is so crazy to me, so relevant to me, is because Peter, if there's a book in the New Testament that is written towards to a people um, that are, are really struggling and, and just going through a fiery trial and going through so much. Peter writes this diaspora, and he, he begins um, with these words in, in chapter 1. That you've been brought into an inheritance, a portion that can never perish, spoil, or fade, that is reserved in heaven for you. He reminds God's people, he says, your portion is the Lord. Your portion is something eternal. Your portion is something amazing. And in chapter 2, he reminds them this. Because of why? You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. The Lord is your portion the Lord is everything. Um, and Colossians 3 says, gives us this promise in verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. And I thought about this, um, not just because of the events happening in the world and in the news and how dark all of that seems, um, but I thought about it just in events that maybe we've gone through some of our marriages have gone through. Some of uh, our close friends' deaths we've faced, pains that we've gone through together. And in the midst of it, we come together on Sundays and we sing songs of praise to God. And, and sometimes it can just feel so difficult. And I'm, 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 I have to confess to you that I struggle with that a lot sometimes. That I'm like, I don't feel God's joy in me right now. I feel pain. I feel, I feel weakness. I'm going through stuff. And then God reminds you. I love it when, when Asaph says, then I was brought to the sanctuary and God reminded me of something. The headline news. No matter what happens, God is king. God reigns. He is sovereign. That was the key word in class this morning. He is sovereign no matter what else is happening. Have you, has that ever happened to you? Where you had news so good in your life. The birth of a grandchild, I don't know, being called clear of cancer. So, I mean, that, that kind of news where you, your news the, you just received is so good that no one can ruin your day. You know what I'm saying? I hope that's happened to you. I hope that you've experienced that. Where something just happened in my life. I just received news that I thought, nobody can, nobody can mess with me. I just got news that it doesn't matter what else happens today. I could have a car accident today. And I, 
because the news was that good, what God has done. And that is what we celebrate right now. And Thanksgiving, a holiday like this, we come together as a nation. Our nation is in darkness. Okay? And I don't get too political. I just get obvious. Our nation is in darkness. Okay? And in the midst of it, this holiday, this Thanksgiving, to celebrate things, man, the front page of this world is dark. And the front page of those who are in Christ always remains the same. The Lord is risen. He's risen indeed. My God, I just I want to celebrate you. And I, I pray, I pray, God, that the front page of every single one of our hearts, the front page of this church, the front page of who we are as a people, God, the, the, our glory and our crown and everything is Jesus Christ. And I, I pray, God, that regardless of what we face and the trials that we go through, we've been in Romans 8 and just talking about all of the junk that we go through and how you're with us every step of the way. And no matter what happens, Father, nothing separates us from your love, not even death. And I just praise you that you've given, so much, you've given us so much reason to celebrate you today. And so I pray for the Thanksgiving table. I pray for the Thanksgiving table in our homes this week, and I pray for it at the shelter. I pray, Father, that wherever we are, that we lift up one common uh, praise to you. Um, we celebrate you for your love, your forgiveness, your presence, and your grace. And I pray, God, that um, at our Thanksgiving tables in our homes, differences would be overcome by that. And that um, in humility, we would lift up one voice together and worship you. Uh, praise you for what you've done and what you promised to do. Thank you for Christ. It's in him we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship God together.